Well, good morning, Rev City Church. I bring you greetings from Good Shepherd Community Church in Brownsville, Texas. I pray that you guys are doing well, that you've had a good couple of weeks as Pastor Thomas has been out and uh, on his sabbatical. Can I just take a moment this morning as I get ready to bring a message this morning, really a story that I want to tell uh, to you this morning that I pray will encourage you. But, you know, thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank the leaders, Pastor Eddie and Micah and all the team, all the elders. And I want to thank the family, the church family there at Rev City for allowing your pastor, Thomas, to take this time off. I, I just want to share my heart from a pastor's perspective. You know, as we navigate the seasons that we're in and, and just all the decisions and all everything that, that you guys have been in the middle of, uh, as, as you're adding to the sanctuary and as you're growing and building. You know, when I took my sabbatical uh, quite a while back now, I'm getting ready to take another one here next month. It, it's, it's just so refreshing. It's so, it's so good to know that there is a team in place and a group of people in place that make that happen. As I was God, I knew that, that the leadership was leading, that the people were contributing and serving and connecting and giving. So it gave me a chance to get away and get refreshed and have some recreation with it, help me recreate my thoughts. And so I just can't tell you how proud I am of Pastor Thomas uh, and your team and your church. As in the middle of difficult situations, there is an understanding of the importance of the Sabbath rest. Continue to pray for them continue that they get refreshed. We continue to pray for them as we continue to pray for you as you navigate uh, this month without him. So encouraged by what I'm hearing uh, about you guys. And so God bless you. Thank you so much for taking care of your pastor. You will reap the rewards and the benefits of this time off that he has taken for many, many years to come. So God bless you. We love you. Again, welcome. Greetings from Brownsville, Texas in the Rio Grande Valley where we are navigating some difficult seasons just like you guys are. And this morning, what I'd like to do is I would like to, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go to three or four different stories in the Bible. But what I really want to do is I want to tell you about a people who lost their freedom. I want to tell you today about a man who lost his sight. And then I want to tell you about some men who got caught up in the middle of a bad storm on their way to following Christ's commands and how there were sharks that were circling them to try and devour them in the middle of what it was that they were trying to accomplish. So those are the four things that I'm hoping to communicate to you. I want to, I want to tell you uh, the story about a people who had lost their freedom. I want to remind, I want to remind you this, write it down somewhere <laughs> or, or, or on your power, wherever, just because in case I forget, you can raise your hand and I can't see you, but maybe I can feel you. And I'll make sure and tell you those four things. I want to, I want to tell you a story about a people who lost their freedom, a man who lost his sight, a group of men who were stuck in the middle of a storm and how the sharks, sharks circled them and wanted to devour them before they got to the end of the journey. So turn with me this morning, if you would. I'm going to start in the book of Proverbs. Then I'm going to go to Psalms. I'm going to go to Judges. And I'm going to take you to the New Testament, to Matthew. And then we'll end in Revelation. But let me, let me just start here. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Y'all with me this morning? God bless you. We love you. Sandra and I uh, send our regards to Eddie and Beth and Micah and just the whole team 
You know, I start naming names, I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings because I'll, I'll forget somebody, but so proud of you guys. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 together. It says, where there is no vision, y'all there with me this morning? It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. One translation says, where there is no vision, there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, they have no boundaries. They don't have, sense, have no sense of direction. Without the vision that is before us, then anything does. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to be with your church in Lawrence, Kansas. I thank you for the opportunity to minister to the families and friends that call Rev City Church home in this season, whether it's in, in person or whether they're watching through their online services. I pray that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say and eyes to see what it is that you are doing. I commit this time and this message to you. I pray that you would continue to speak to us, Lord, through your word and through our times of worshiping together, through our times of connecting together. God, let us see clearly those things that you're leading us through and leading us to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, God bless you. Well, let me, let me start by telling you the story about the people who lost their freedom. Psalms talks about it. Psalms 126 says that there is a people, he says, says when they brought back in verse one, it says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. It tells a narrative of people who once had a dream, but because of circumstances, their life was interrupted and they had become a bondage to the circumstances and the season that they were in. And because they lost their freedom as a people, they also no longer were able to dream. And it says that they didn't dance and they didn't sing anymore. But it also says that there came a time where God returned that to them. That once they were in bondage, once they were, uh, their freedoms were taken away from them and their seasons looked very, very different. But then God brought them back and restored to them their joy and their strength and everything else that goes along with it. Listen. Their life was interrupted, just like many of our lives have been interrupted in this season of our lives. So they quit dreaming. And I want to encourage you not to quit dreaming. They lost their joy. They lost their dance. They lost their, their ability to, to just believe for better things. And I want to encourage you this morning to, like those people who maybe feel like we've lost our freedom to really go beyond those things, the things that we once hoped for, that let's begin to trust God to restore to us our joy and our strength and our dance as we get together and worship, whether it's in person or whether it's online. Let's continue to seek the Lord during this season of their lives. Listen, this was a group of people that no longer thought that they could attain their dream. They couldn't fulfill their purpose. They couldn't finish the vision that God had started in their lives, in their families, in their generations. So there's a story in the Bible about people who lost their dream and they were in the middle of life when all of a sudden things changed and it changed their the, the dreams they were pursuing. It changed their destination, their destiny. Listen, it was so bad that it's not about was the glass half empty or the glass or was the glass half full. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Hey, you got to quit looking at the glass that's half empty and you got to start looking at the glass that's, that's half full. Well, listen, it was so bad, they couldn't even see the glass. <laughs> that's pretty bad. When people are saying, well, do you see the glass half full or half empty? And they say, what glass? 
See, and I'm telling you, there's a spirit that's been released on the land that will forget looking at the glass and see that trying to figure out what's good and, and trying to figure out what's bad and what outweighs the other. They were so enslaved to fear and the circumstances around them and to the everything that was going on around them, they couldn't even see past the fog to see that there was a glass. Let me tell you, Rev City Church, there's still a glass. There's still a glass that God's going to continue to fill. You see, their ability to see past where they were currently came to a stop because hardships had interrupted their journey and their plans. There was a lot of people who not only lost their dreams, but they had lost heart. They were discouraged. They quit believing that they could finish, that they could get to the other side of this difficult season in their life. All they could see was what they could feel with their hands and their natural senses in the middle of this savage interruption that had come suddenly upon them. And Rev City Church, I know that in the middle of your journey of what God has started there in you, with you, and through you, that you have been interrupted. Your plans have been interrupted. How we did church has been interrupted. But I want you to know that you can't lose sight of where you were headed in this season before this sudden interruption reared its ugly head. Listen, I want you to know something. This is more than just a virus. What's going on in our cities, what's going on in our states and in our nation, it's more than just about a virus. It's, it's more than about unemployment or, or changes in school and changes in how we do work, changes in business and restrictions for this and restrictions for that. It's, it's more than just about church restrictions and riots and lawlessness and chaos. All those are physical manifestations of what's really going on. And I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that we are in a spiritual battle. We are in the middle of a spiritual battle and everything that you see that's going on around that has been interrupted are the obvious signs that we are in a spiritual battle and we cannot fight spiritual battles through natural physical means. That's why we have to rely on God who gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness as we navigate this difficult season that has come to interrupt our lives. I want you to know something this morning. I want you to know, Rev City Church and those that are watching online, that we have an enemy and the enemy wants us to lose heart in this season. That's why we must guard our heart with all diligence because out of our heart comes everything that pertains to life and godly. It's what directs our steps. It's what directs our thoughts. So we must know that we have an enemy, that we are in a spiritual battle and he's trying to get to our hearts because he knows that that's where all the issues of life flow out of. If he can get to your heart, if he can get to my heart, he can get to my vision. He can steal from me the ability to see past where I currently am. He wants you to stop dreaming. He wants you to stop believing for you, your family, your, your home, your, your community, your church, for our nation. He wants us to stop in the middle of the journey and not finish what God had started in our lives. I, I want to show you this through an Old Testament story. I told you, that, I told you the story about the people 
that had lost their freedom. Now I want to take you to a story about a man who had lost his sight. And remember, we are in a spiritual battle in the middle of everything that's going on and the enemy's out to destroy and to get your heart because if he can get to your heart, he can get to your vision. He can get you, you take away from you. I got stuck there. He can take away from you your ability to see past where you are. Let me show you this, okay? Now remember, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, where you can't see past where you are, people perish, they give up, they cast off restraints, there's no boundaries, we just do whatever. We get into an, a routine, we get into bad habits, we, we don't believe anymore that this will change and that we'll get better, okay? But look with me at the story in Judges chapter 16. It's a story of a man named Samson, and many of you are familiar with the story of Samson and Delilah. Let me just read part of this story, and then I want to point something out to you that I feel is really, really important for you guys, for all of us, but for you guys at Rev City Church, as I prayed and I asked the Lord about what to bring to you in the midst of this uh, uh, sabbatical that Thomas is in while we're in the middle of so much change and everything going on. And by the way, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Rev City Church leadership, for allowing me again the opportunity to come and, and just share my heart and share God's word and share with you what I believe God is saying to us and what God wants me to say to you. I really, I wish I could be there in person with you, but it's impossible at this moment. But I want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you. And I treasure this opportunity. I don't have, I don't, I don't need another message to preach somewhere. I believe that I have a word from the Lord through these stories that will encourage you and remind you of some things and promises that God has. I know I've kind of interrupted my own message here this morning, but I want you to know that, that God has some things way beyond where you are today, and the enemy is trying to circle you and to keep you bound up in a place so that you cannot see past where you are, to keep you from those things that God has promised for you. So it says here that in, in, in Judges chapter 16, chapter, I'm going to start in verse 5 through the story of Samson and Delilah. Follow with me for just a part of this story. You can read the rest of it later. It says that the lords of the Philistines came up to her, speaking of Delilah, and said to her, entice him, speaking of Samson. Yeah, you got to read the story previous to that of how Samson was born through a prophetic word that came and was birthed through a barren woman. There's a whole other message there, but it says here, and the lords of the Philistines came upon her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength is, speaking of uh, Samson, and by what means we may overpower him, catch this, that we may bind him to afflict him. We have an enemy who wants to entice us so that we can give up the secret of our strength. By the way, the secret of my strength is my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection. And it says, and I, I'm trying to take his strength from him and I'm trying to bind him and afflict him. The enemy wants to bring affliction and, and loss of freedom to you to keep you restricted from moving forward. And every one of us, it goes on to say, we'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies. This is where it starts. She begins to, it's a picture of the enemy beginning to try to take something from you that you need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for you, your family, your workplace, your church, and your city. And Samson said to her in verse 7, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, then I will become weak and be like any other man. Now, by the way, that's what the enemy wants you to think in me. 
that we're just like any other man and any other woman. And by the way, we are, apart from the fact that God the Holy Spirit lives in me and the word of God says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But the enemy wants to bind you and afflict you so that you forget that. You forget the great power that has been released to us to be witnesses and to walk in victory in the middle of whatever comes our way. He says, so the lords of the Philistines in verse eight brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, just like he said, and bound him with them. Now, when men were laying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson, but he broke the bowstrings of strand. You all know the story. So the secret of his strength was not known. Now catch this. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Three more times, she said, tell me, come on, tell me, you're playing me. I'm asking you to, to tell me where, how I can bind you. And by the way, it's not a time to be playing with the enemy. Don't be playing with things that can bind you up and afflict you when you need to have all the sight that you possibly can to move forward. And you need to have all the courage in your heart to move forward. So she pesters him three more times. She asks him and he won't tell her. He won't give up the secret of his strength. But catch this. I want you to catch this in verse 15. Then she said to him, catch this. How can you say I love you when you're, what does it say there? Your heart. How can you say you love me or I love you when your heart is not with me, I'm telling you, the enemy is coming after your heart. That's why you must guard it because it's in the heart, in the heart where every issue of life and direction comes. It's the receptor of the seed of God's word in our lives. Verse 16 says, so it came to pass that she pestered him daily and pressed him until he gave her, verse 17, all of his heart. Verse 19 says that she lulled him to sleep and then the enemy came in and it says in verse 21, the Philistines took him out, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. Please hear me this morning, Rev City Church. The enemy's after your heart. He wants you to lose heart. He wants to damage your heart. He wants to steal the word that you've hidden in your heart that you may not sin against him because he knows that if he can get to your heart, he can get to your vision. She said to him, the enemy says, how can you say you love me when your heart is not with me? And the enemy, just like Delilah, will pester you and press you one thing after another, after another, until you lose heart and you give up the secret of your strength, which is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy got to his heart to get to his vision to make him a grinder, just grinding it out one day at a time, one hour at a time, one week at a time, just no vision to get past where you are, only doing what you can feel, day in and day out, get in this routine, say, well, at least I'm, you know, whatever. And, and the enemy just wants you to grind it out. It's like it says he was pushing, Samson couldn't see, so he was in the prison, just going around in circles, grinding rock, day in and day out. No hope for the future. See, and what the, what the enemy physically took from Samson says he, that they gouged his eyes out. Look at verse 21, says, and the Philistines took him and put, his, put out his eyes and they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze feathers and he became a grinder in the prison. Ref City Church, please hear me this morning. In the midst of losing some freedoms, in the midst of, of not even, I can't even dream for what I once dreamed of. I, I'm just trying to make it today. 
The enemy is going to try to get to your heart by pressing you and pressing you. But what he's really after is your ability to see past where you are. He just wants you to grind out life. He wants you to quit in the middle of your journey and just wait till whatever. Man, this is what the Lord wanted me to tell you in regards to this story about this man who lost his sight, this man who lost his ability to see past where he was. I was in my house and just recovering from uh, a little flu or something that I caught. And this is what the Lord said to me to tell you this morning. Don't just grind it out, find it out. And when I heard that, I said, Lord, what does that mean? And I believe he began to speak to me about discovering the kingdom treasure that is available to you guys, to the church, to Rev City Church in this season. We discover the kingdom of God in the midst of hardship, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of change, in the midst of interruption. God has a field for you. That is your field. This is my field here in Brownsville, Texas, and it's full of buried treasure. And in the midst of everything that's going on, the Lord says, don't grind it out, find it out. Proverbs 25, 2 says, it's to the glory of God to conceal a matter uh, to the wisdom, but it's to the glory of a king to seek it out, to find it, to discover it. There is kingdom treasure that we must search out during these difficult times. Don't grind it out, find it out. There's treasure, there's kingdom treasure in the midst of all the difficulty, in the midst of all the sickness, in the midst of all the changes. There is a treasure that God has deposited for us, but it's not just gonna come. We have to not grind it out, but we have to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and discover the treasures and the treasures aren't material things. It's in the lives and the hearts of people and family and friends and neighbors and community and schools and in the, in the hospitals. There is treasure in your field and God wants you to find it out. Listen, I remember as I was putting this message together many, many, many years ago, and I told my wife, Sandra, I said, man, I hadn't remembered that in a long time, but I remember I had an impression or a dream or whatever you want to call it. And in this dream, I saw a, just a, 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 a coast, like a beach, just a beach for miles and miles. And it was covered with people and there, the waters were beautiful and people were out and they were taking, uh, they, they were taking in the waves and they were just having a great time. And all of a sudden I saw this great wave, a tsunami wave that was coming. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, the people have no idea that this great wave is upon them and they're just going about and having a good time and sunning and, and, and doing whatever they're doing with their friends and their families. And all of a sudden this huge wave came and it just covered the whole coastline. And it just, I said, oh my gosh. And I just thought, what about all those people? And, and then when, that, when, the, when the wave receded and it went back into the ocean, I noticed that that wave had knocked out a lot of people. But I also noticed something else that the same wave that seemed to bring a lot of destruction to a lot of people had also dis, uh, had also uh, deposited great treasure chests on that same coastline. And the people that survived the wave began to open up the treasure that the wave had deposited. So the same wave that brought such calamity to so many people, those people that stood standing and they were firm on the beach. By the way, the Lord of God, the word of God says, Jesus said, those that hear and do my words will be like those that are on a solid foundation. And when the waves and the storm comes, their house will still stand. And not only that, but in this, this dream that I had, God had also deposited treasure 
treasures. And now it was time for us to go and discover them. Please hear me this morning. This is not a time to just grind it out. It's time to find the treasures of the kingdom. They're out there if we would but continue to put our eyes on him and pursue what he has for us in this season of our life. Do not, do not lose heart. Do not let the enemy steal, damage, hurt, discourage your heart. He's really after your vision. And listen, these are some things that I know about a vision. Listen, anyone can have a vision, but sticking to it takes discipline. It takes effort. It takes faith. And courage and conviction is more important than strategy. The, the other thing I know about vision and fulfilling a vision is that there is no plan that's perfect. So you have to work the plan that God gives you. Quit looking for perfection and start taking steps one step at a time to discover the treasures that God has for you, even in the midst of this difficult time. God does things the way he wants to is another thing I've discovered. And in God's eyes, ordinary matters. Quit looking for the big stuff and be faithful in the little. I also want you to know, Rev City Church, that God measures success differently than most people do. God measures success through faithfulness. And I want you to know that God is faithful no matter what. So what do we do? What do we do in the middle of the times and the seasons that we're living in? Well, number one, you have to guard your heart. Please hear me, guard your heart, take care of your heart. Secondly, we have to remember that we are in a spiritual battle. You have to remember that you're not done, that God's not finished with you yet. Thank God he's not finished with me yet. He's not finished with GSEC in Brownsville, Texas. Our life has been interrupted. And in the middle of what's going on, God calls us to put our eyes on him. As a matter of fact, there's a story about the man in the middle of the storm that I told you about. I told you about the people that lost their freedom. I told you a man who lost his sight. I'm going to tell you about the people that were stuck in the middle of the storm. In verse 45 of Mark 6, it says that Jesus made his disciples immediately get into the boat and go before him to the other side. God sent them on a journey. Verse 46, he says he sent them away. Verse 47 says that he went alone to pray. Verse 48, he says he saw them straining at rowing because they, they, they came into contrary winds on the middle of their journey. And then it says in verse 49 that he saw them. When they saw him walking, they cried out to him. And in verse 50, it says that he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Listen, eight times in this passage of scripture in Mark 6 between verse 45 and 50, it says he, he did. Listen, Rev City Church, I love you guys. Is this okay? I know I'm kind of hurrying through this. It's a little bit awkward. I'm, in, I'm at the auditorium here at GSCC speaking to the camera and to my crew and my team. And, and I just feel, I, I know I'm, I, I'm rushing through this, but please hear my heart this morning. Please hear me this morning. Eight times it says that Jesus did something, okay? And the first thing we, he did was he's the one that sent them on that mission. He's the one that said, get in the boat. He's the one that said, get to the other side. He says, I got this. It says that when they were trying to figure out where he was, when they experienced a storm, it says that he saw where they were. He knew the progress in the journey they were in. They knew the resistance that had come. They knew that the storm that had come to interrupt them. They knew that they were fearing for, he knew that they were fearing for his life. Eight times it says he, listen, quit thinking that we have the solution to the problems. He he sees, he knows, he knows where you are, sir. He knows what's happened to your business. He knows, mama, how you're concerned about that child. He knows what's going on in, in the community. He knows all the division. He knows all the opposing viewpoint. He knows everything. Listen, this is what I want you to know this morning, Rev City Church. 
Rep City Church in Lawrence, Kansas is his boat. Can I let that sink in for just a little bit? GSCC, Good Shepherd Community Church in Brownsville, Texas. Hey, my boat, it's his boat. He's the one that called me into it. He's the one that called you into it. That's how God builds the kingdom. He has a purpose. He begins to gather people to fulfill that purpose. He calls them to a mission together. He wraps it in a promise, and then he says, I'll get you there. But then life and things happen and interrupts the process and the progress that were made. By the way, the disciples are further along in the journey than what they thought. The enemy's trying to tell you that you didn't go far enough or that you're in the middle now and you can't get out of it and you're in a mess and so forth and so on. Jesus is the one that initiated the journey. It's his boat, Rev City. Rev City, Rev City Church is his church. Come on, somebody help me this morning. Ref City is his boat. You are his people. You are on a mission initiated by him. Catch this. The battle is not yours. Our place is to stand in faith. Our place is to not lose heart. Our place is to not lose sight of those things that God has put before us. It's his boat. It's his, you're his people, and, it's his, and you're on his mission. They were just doing what he said, just like you guys have been doing what he said over the last however many years you've been as a church. And then as Pastor Thomas has come in and God has given you a fresh vision and new direction to finish the work and the mission that God has called you to in that city and in that region. It's his boat. You're his people. It's his mission. You can count on him. Come on, somebody help me this morning. Tell somebody, man, we can count on him. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this difficult time. Yeah, life has been interrupted. Yeah, maybe we've lost some freedoms. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe we've, we've been pestered and pressed and, and the enemy's trying to mess with my heart, and, and, but I'm not going to lose sight of what it is that God has said to me about being a dad and being a, a husband and being a parent and, and being a friend and being, being a Christian and being a believer and being, you know, you just, you just have to keep trusting God and remember, Ref City Church, it's his boat. You're his people. It's his mission. And he's invited you to be a part of it. The safest place you can be in the middle of the storm is to stay in the boat that God has called you to. And I'm not talking about necessarily being physically present, but continue to unite, continue to support, continue to serve, continue to pray, continue to connect, continue to be journey, uh, to, to be generous along the journey to get to the other side. It says that suddenly they found themselves in the middle of a storm, but he saw them. He came to them. He got in the boat with them. And they made it to the other side. They did, we will, and you will. So I'll tell you the story about a man who, a people who lost their, their freedom. I'll tell you the story about a man who lost his sight. And by the way, the end of the story is great. He said, God, would you, would you strengthen me one more time? And he had a great victory even after he had felt like he'd failed and lost his vision for a season. And then there was a people, a group of people that decided to get in the boat at Jesus' command, and they were found themselves in the middle of a boat. And this is another thing that the Lord wanted me to tell you, and he spoke it, I've spoken it to, I haven't spoken it to the people at my church yet. Uh, I spoke it on the word of the day, but I felt like I said there is there is a people who lost their freedom, there is a man who lost his sight, there is a team that got caught in the middle of a storm and then the sharks were coming in to try and devour them. 
I heard the Lord say this to me and I'll close with this thought. It says, the sharks are circling the waters. When I heard this just this week, when I was home resting and recovering from whatever flu I had or whatever it was, the Lord said, I felt like the Lord said to me, just whispered to me, said, the Lord's are circling the waters. While you're in the middle of the storm, while, while you're struggling, while, while the enemy's trying to dishearten the church and the people, it's like the enemy is circling the church and circling families and circling communities, waiting to come in for the kill. You see, when a, when a shark smells blood or sees blood, they came in to try and take advantage of what has been wounded or appears to be struggling and maybe dying. But sharks do. They look for an opportunity when something in the water seems to be struggling or they see blood and they begin to circle the waters thinking that they have found the victim and they're coming in for the kill. See, sharks see an opportunity to satisfy their own appetite, desire, or agenda in the middle of other people's struggles. They seem also to come out of nowhere. Don't be surprised if there's sharks circling the waters of your home, your church, your community, our nation. I'm not surprised. But here, here's what I want you to get this morning, and I close with this. What the sharks in this hour don't realize is that the blood that they sense, the blood that they see, the blood that they smell is not the blood of a dying victim. Please hear me. The blood that the sharks are sensing in this season of challenge and battle and lawlessness and everything else that's going on is not the blood of a dying church, is not the blood of a dying victim, but it is the barrier of protection from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who shed his blood to save us, to heal us, to protect us, to rescue us, to deliver us, and to finish the work that he started in our lives. And the enemy has made a grave mistake in this hour. He thinks that we have become victims, just like when Jesus hung on the cross and the enemy began to circle around him thinking, that he had finally defeated the King and the Messiah. But what he didn't realize is the blood that he saw, the blood that he says that he thought was gonna give him an opportunity and come in for the kill was actually a barrier that God the Father had sent. And there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the work of the cross. And when the enemy comes in for the kill, the blood of Jesus will repel him and he will find out that we are not victims, but that we are victorious and that we are more than conquerors in Christ. Christ Jesus who gave his life for us. Your child is not a victim. Your business is not a victim. You are not a victim. The church is not a victim of the circumstances of the world. And we may be hobbled and we may be stopped for a season. It may appear to others that we're dying. It may appear to others that we're not gonna make it. We may be struggling. They may see us struggling in our own blood. Like Ezekiel said in chapter 16, he says, but the Lord said, but I passed by and I saw you struggling in your own blood. He says, and then I I gave myself, I delivered my own blood. I shed my own blood to surround you. God says he'll go before you, he'll stand behind you, he'll surround you and he'll be right in your midst, Ref City Church. Do not allow anyone, do not allow the voice of the enemy to tell you that you are a victim and that he's coming in for the kill and that you're not gonna make it. You stand up on God's word, don't lose heart. Don't let him take your ability to see past where you are. Don't get stuck and give up in the middle of the storm. 
are. Ask the one who shed his blood for you to surround you. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, God says he will raise up a standard against him. And the standard is his son, Jesus Christ. His standard is the blood and the power of the blood. I want you to know there is power in the blood of Jesus. He will rescue me. He will save me. He will help you. He will save Ref City Church. He will cause you to move forward and he will take you to the other side of this because he has already been there. Come on, somebody thank God this morning. Somebody thank God this morning for who he is and what he's done. Man, in the middle of everything that's going on, know that there is a God who sees, there is a God who cares, and there's a God who's come to help you this morning. Let him help you get to the other side of this. People who lost their dream, recovered it. The man who lost his sight had a great victory. The people who were stuck in the middle of the storm made it to the other side. The sharks that thought they had won have been defeated in Jesus' name. God bless you, love you. I know there's people here to pray for you. Receive him, look to him. He will get you through. God bless you. We'll continue to pray for you. Look forward to seeing you soon.